0: Welcome to the Psychology of Successful Women podcast, where we explore the mindset, behaviour, and success strategies of high achieving women. It's an inspirational show that helps ambitious women to maximise their performance from the inside out and thrive in the world of business. I'm your host, Shona Rowan, high performance coach, inspirational speaker, and author of the book, The Psychology of Successful Women. On this month's episode of the Psychology of Successful Women podcast, we head into the world of television, radio, and professional football. I spoke with Alison Bender, who is a freelance television and radio presenter specializing in football. She has over 20 years of experience producing, presenting, reporting, and hosting, and she's worked for a whole host of global sports channels, including Sky Sports News, ITV, BBC, and ESPN. She's also worked in-house for two football clubs, At Chelsea TV and she also set up Real Madrid TV in Spain. As a global football expert and presenter, Alison has hosted live match day shows, highlights programs, debate shows and call-in shows focusing on Premier League, Champions League, European and world football. We had a great conversation about her career journey over the past 20 years, what it's really like presenting on live TV and interviewing the best footballers in the world, some of her top tips and advice to help other women create a successful and fulfilling career on their terms, her passion for supporting other women in the industry, advice she would give her younger self and so much more. So Alison, welcome to the Psychology of Successful Women podcast.
1: It's so great to have you on the show today. Oh great, thanks for having me. Um, we
2: finally got around to this, it's been a long time coming hasn't it? It's so, so hard to sink our diaries.
1: <laughs> Absolutely and there's so many things on the to talking with you about today so perhaps to get started you could tell our listeners about yourself and your role as a sports broadcaster you know how you got into your career in television and sports broadcasting you know I'm curious is this is something you always wanted to do. Yeah, it's funny.
2: I've known since I was about 10 years old that I wanted to be a presenter. I didn't know that it was in sports at the time, but I just really loved TV. And I always thought I wanted to be either a director or a producer or a presenter. I didn't really understand any of the roles, to be honest, because I didn't have family or friends in it. But to Mm. me, it just seemed like the most exciting thing. And I just I just thought I really wanted to do it. Um, And so from I was very lucky, I guess. So from the age of 10, I you know, I wanted it. And so every sort of little thing I did, every piece of experience I did was kind of building towards that career. Um, Mm. It's a funny one because everyone gets into it differently. For me, I was so obsessed. I did all this kind of behind the scenes work. So I worked at my local hospital radio for free on a Friday Mm. night when my friends were all going out drinking. I was there (laughs) and it was pretty depressing because I was walking around the wards, basically asking old people for their song requests. And I had my own show. And looking back on it now, it was, I mean, I was terrible, but I was learning the ropes, you know, I was learning how Mm. to speak in the right voice for radio. Um, And then I went to university. I actually did psychology at university because I was told by my teachers that presenting was a really silly, you know, it was a silly career choice and (laughs) I'd grow out of it. So they said, why don't you do something like psychology because it's open. And if you Mm. change your mind, then you've got something to fall back on. So I kind Mm. of, you know, I listened to the teachers. I did psychology. I loved psychology. And, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I always knew I still want to be a presenter. So when I finished university, I actually applied for loads of jobs. And one of them was in a television company, a news channel. And I was a runner, the, the, the lowest rung of the ladder, basically. And I worked my <laughs> way up. So I was a broadcast assistant, making teas and coffees, writing scripts, rolling the autocue. And as I sat rolling the autocue, I was dreaming that one day I'd be on the other side of the autocue, uh, writing... Aww for the news and really it was it was a hard I, mean, I have to say it was a really really hard job I worked very unsociable mm. hours I worked overnight yes yeah. getting up at four in the morning miserable um, mm. but I just knew because I knew what that what I wanted to do I was just able to keep sticking at it um and I guess one job led to another and another um and eventually I became a presenter I kind of I suppose I switched from behind the camera first to in front of the camera but I never regret any of those hours I spent behind the camera because you learn, mm. you know, how to write a script. That's so important, how to cut, cut um, underlays so and the pictures you see um, and all the other stuff, graphics and, and everything else that goes into TV.
1: Wow. I love hearing that you sort of knew you wanted to do something like this way back then. I think that's fascinating and I do love hearing how people's journeys start for them and, like you said, like on a hospital radio station, like how cool is that? So I guess building on that, you know, career changes, pivots, leaps of faith, these are all super hot topics at the moment, especially with COVID. Perhaps you can tell us a bit more about your career journey um, up until now and some of the moves and leaps you have taken to get you where you are now.
2: Yeah, the biggest leap of faith I ever took, and it's a pretty obvious one because I was applying for loads of jobs at the time, trying to kind of go from one side of the camera to the other. Mm -hmm. And there was this one. That was in Spain, but I didn't speak any Spanish. So I thought, you know, I can't, I can't really do this. And I have to thank my boyfriend at the time, because he said, you know, you've got to do this, Alison, this is an opportunity for you. And, you know, you can learn Spanish, You, you know, you've learned everything else, you can learn Spanish, you can learn football, it was a football job as well. And I wasn't really particularly up on football. And he was just saying, just, just apply for it and, and, you know, figure it out from there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I guess I was just really lucky because they were looking for someone who could present and produce. So all those years that I'd spent producing um, came to help me, basically. I sat the audition. And the other thing I always say is opportunity um, is always disguised as hard work. And the, the audition, mm-hmm. they gave me two A4 pages to learn for this audition, right? Now... Most people would never learn two pages of A4. You just think, well, surely there'll be an autocue. I'll, I'll go in and I'll read it. Mm. Um, but I, I was so naive, I guess I didn't really know what was the norm. And so I learned those two pages. I spent wow. hours like, as if I was an actor, you know, going up the hill yeah. to work, learning it every single day. And I honestly think that's one of the main reasons they gave me the job, because I was fluent in front of the camera. I was able to do it because I'd learned it. And I definitely mm. wasn't the best. I wasn't the most experienced. I didn't know the most. But I just learned that script. And they gave me that job and I left England with a one-way ticket to Madrid within wow. two weeks of being offered the job, which, you know, not everyone can do. I definitely couldn't do it now with my two kids, but at the mm. time I could, and my boyfriend was super supportive. He said, go for it. I'll visit you. You know, this is the, what, this is the moment you've been waiting for. And mm. that was really, no. I didn't know at the time, but that audition changed the rest of my mm. life. So, you know, what did I spend learning that script? Maybe three, four hours um, and it was the best three, four hours of my whole life, basically. So always do the, the hard jobs because you never know where they might lead.
1: I love hearing that. And the lessons already coming out of that around, you know, just, just apply for it and you'll work it out later and you'll kind of find out the, how I love that tip. Um, and how you said, like, just that one opportunity has changed your life, right? So I think for everyone, when opportunities arrive, no matter how scared we are, you know, finding that strength within yourself to kind of go for it. So I love that. Now, you work in a really competitive industry, Alison, as we've talked about before. How important is resilience in your industry? And and maybe linked to that, could you share some of the specific or one or two challenges you've had to face and how you've, you know, not let that sort of hold you back or how you overcome them?
2: Yeah, I mean, this is an industry that you really have to be super resilient because it's it's so competitive. And You know, Mm. definitely as you age throughout the industry as well, there's a there's a big push for younger women entering into football broadcasting. And I don't want to be that person who blocks the way for younger women. I think it's really important. I mentor loads of young girls and I help them. Mm. But at the same time, I still want my job, too. So it's finding that balance, right, of being able to help and nurture and be willing for other people to come into the industry whilst also keeping up my own job. And I guess adapting so that it's, you know, that I'm not doing the same things that I was doing when I was 25, 26, 27. Um, and doing what works for me. I mean, I guess the biggest thing of resilience is that you you're constantly proving yourself because mm. this is a very subjective job that I do. I think with most jobs you're protected by your experience, right? So if someone comes in, they have to prove that they're more experienced than you to get the role that you've got. Whereas in presenting, it's not about that. You could be mega experience but they might just say you know what alison we want to bring this young girl in because we think that her face fits better or we want a mm. younger fresher feel or you know we're trying to appeal to a younger urban audience therefore we need this person and so there's always it's just so subjective and you just can't take it personally and i've mm. i've had so many jobs just end like just suddenly like literally you feel like the rug's been pulled from under you mm. um you know and i was at the world cup which is kind of the pinnacle of your career as a as a football presenter, right? And then right after that tournament, they told me that my contract was up just for no particular reason. And you didn't know where the next job was coming from. So there I am at a World Cup final interviewing Kylian Mbappe and some of the greatest footballers around. And I knew that the the next week I I just wouldn't have anything. And you just have to just keep steady somehow and not get too big headed and not get too down in the dumps. Um, Mm. And it's hard. There's been times that I just thought, wow, I mean, my career is done and all this work I've put into it, but I've got nothing. Mm. And then it has a very strange way of, um, I don't know, really great opportunities seem to come up when I'm at my lowest or when my career feels like it's ended. So Mm. you've just got to keep
1: the faith basically, but it is tough. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. So linked to that, you talked about presenting and I can only imagine as a sort of an external person who's not a sports broadcaster thinking of the sort of pressure you must be under, Alison, and the things you must have to do on the fly, you know. So, um, you know, what sort of tips and stuff would you have around that? You know, if someone's looking at you, like the thought of like stage fright, fear and nerves, you know, you're working with these world-class footballers on live TV. What, What would be some of your tips or how do you literally deal with it yourself?
2: I've picked up so many tips over the years. I mean, I guess I should, um, just for people that that don't know, which is probably most of your listeners, um, I've been doing this for about 20 years, and I suppose all the different jobs I've done. So some of them are on set with an autocue, but you do have to do yeah. ad- ad-libbing as well. Some of them have been traveling to World Cups and to Premier League games, interviewing managers and players. Um, I worked abroad at ESPN in America for quite a few years. So that was, again, very different working and, and having to tackle different sports as well, American mm-hmm. sports that I wasn't familiar with. So I think you're constantly learning, constantly adapting and constantly having to do things that absolutely petrify you. Um, wow. I mean, one of the hardest things is when, when you're live, that there's a situation, I had it the other day actually, so you're live on air presenting a show, and I was, I was presenting a Premier League game between Chelsea and Newcastle, and what they say is, whilst you're presenting, we're going to bring over one of the players for you to interview, but we'll just bring them straight into vision and you just go, and we can't tell you ahead of time who that player will be. So, you know, I'm pretty confident. I mean, I've been doing this 20 years. I feel like I know the face of every single footballer, but there are one or two youth players and younger players that I might not be familiar with. And I always have this fear, like what if they bring me someone and I have Mm. absolutely no idea who it is. So you have to have these kind of tips at the ready, you know, so tell me about yourself, introduce yourself, but without sounding like you don't know what you're talking Mm. about. And this has happened to me on so many occasions. Um, and, And you do get a bit of stage fright, and, and I actually, I got this one tip from this amazing guy. Um, it's a guy called Professor Peters, who's written a, a book called The Chimp Paradox. I don't know if you're, yes, if you're right. Yeah. So he's, he's a brilliant guy and he's a sports psychologist and he works with some great sportsmen. And I'd just come back from um, having one of my children. And I was really, they say that a lot of mothers get this, you kind of get this, um like fear that you've forgotten everything or you know baby brain whatever and I was interviewing Anthony Joshua the boxer live on a stage in front of thousands of people and I knew my stuff, I'd done my work and I was backstage and he could see I was nervous and he said are you okay and I just said well this is my first job since having my baby and I'm really I'm really worried that I might just forget and he just looked at me and he was so calm and he said like you just, you don't forget just how to talk in real life, do you? Have you ever just forgotten how to say something? And I was like, well, no. And he was like, how long have you been doing this? I said, about 20 years. And he just looked at me and he said, Alison, this is what you do. And Mm. and it sounds like a really simple phrase, but it was so powerful. Mm. This is what you do. And I was like, you know what? I guess my whole life I've been this kind of, I've had all this imposter syndrome and I'm, you know, how did I get here? And, you know, and I suppose this is what I do. This is my job. And I walked on that stage and those words rang in my in my head, and I use them such a lot now. Whenever I'm feeling mm. a little bit nervous, I just tell myself this is this is what you do. So I love that. Simple.
1: I love that. Like that years of experience. It's just in your DNA, Alison. That even if you think you forget, it's just in you, right? Oh, I love that tip from him. Well, look, you're starting to link to some of those things around imposter syndrome you just mentioned. So You're a role model to so many uh, and you mentor so many women as a TV presenter and reporter and you've also got your own podcast and you've written a book. What would be some of Alison's top tips to help other women have a successful and fulfilling career on their terms or some things even to watch out for, like you mentioned, imposter syndrome, which is really common. But what would be some of your top tips?
2: You know, I love the way that you said that you use the word fulfilling. And it, and that's what it's all about at the end of the day. You know, there's so many things that I've done that, you know, some people think are really impressive, but they've not necessarily been fulfilling for me. And it's it sometimes you do really small jobs, but they're just so fulfilling. And you're like, oh, mm. this, this is what I want to do. So I think that's always really important to keep in your mind, like, what is it that you want to get out of this? And just to be fulfilled and happy. I mean, you know, the world isn't perfect. And we can't, we can't, be happy all the time in our job. Like there are bits of my job that I absolutely detest that, you know, there are bits that's really hard work. Like I hate the hours. One of the most prestigious shows that I, that I go on is um, begins at 6am. So you have to get up at four and I, you have to keep reminding yourself and telling yourself, this is what I wanted, right? This, yeah. <laughs> this is success. Um, and that's, you know, that's really tough. The biggest tip I always say to people is you've got to believe in the long game. Um, because there are certain things that that don't seem to... You know, you feel like this is unfair or it's not going right for me or you look around you and you compare yourself to others and you're like, this person's got this and why don't I have this? And, you know, it's really important just to think every single thing that you do is going to be part of that long game. And I've, I've got so many hundreds of examples of it, but there are little things that people I met when I was 22 and their contact might not mean anything for like a decade even. I think a lot of young people now... Um, Wants instant gratification, and and it's not their fault, it's the, the society we live in you know, instant likes on Instagram and you know, comments and the algorithm that makes you feel, um, you know, everything's all about the here and now, but actually, like, longevity is so important, and for every sort of everything that you do that you're putting into your job will definitely pay dividends, even if it's way, way later down the line. And just know that the career ladder is not necessarily an upward trajectory. So sometimes Mm -hmm. you can go up a bit and you might lose that job and you might fall down. And then you might have to go sideways a bit or take what you see or consider as a step back. That's happened to me. I mean, I, I saw radio at one point as being a bit of a step back because I felt like, oh, they don't want me on the TV anymore. But then I learned that by doing radio, I could actually express myself more. I could give my opinion. And then suddenly I leapt up that ladder because people were asking for my opinions. Whereas before, I guess I was a newsreader who read other mm-hmm. people's words. And so it's just important to think that things that even seem like a step back might just be disguised as a step back and then they're not. They're not. Um, so yeah, and I believe in that long game, um, even if it feels like it's taking too long. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it might take a decade
1: Um. Mm. I love what you said there about relationships as well Alison because it's the same in my industry you know I'm a speaker and I'm, I'm a coach and people will reach out years later years later and they'll say I saw you speak at an event seven years ago or whatever, you know. So that sense of the long-term game, I love that. Um and things not always feeling like they're going up. I can totally relate to that as well. And I know a lot of people listening to this, there's so many people going through changes and there's so much restructuring and redundancies and all that sorts of thing in the corporate world as well. So I like that sense of sort of trust, right? Like you said with your career that things sort of work out, but it might not always look like an upward step. It can sometimes be a sideways move. But you're always learning along the way. And your tip around um just you know, staying connected to what what you know you want and what's going to make you feel fulfilled. I think that's a really important thing that I keep reminding myself of. Actually, further the longer I'm in my career, like Shona, what makes you happy? You know, success and happiness, but that fulfillment is really really key. So, mm-hmm. looking back at your um, fabulous career, Alison, what is a piece of advice you would give your younger self now? Now that you've got all this wisdom and years and years of experience, and you've done all these just. Dis- fabulous things if you could go back to that young girl maybe you were at uni still what is something you would tell her to just encourage her or support her what would you say
2: you know I think I tried a bit too hard actually it's really hard to tell someone to try less because effort is your hard work right and I I never regret the hard work I put into it because I think that that's my work ethic and I still put the same hard work in now that I did on day one to be honest because I'm so afraid like I can't break my entire career on one bad performance and that can happen you know you can screw something up and you know the people that are watching will just be like well this girl doesn't know her stuff so you always have to kind of keep working hard so I wouldn't say I wouldn't say don't work hard but I think just care a little bit less perhaps have other things in your life that really excite you I think for me like I said I knew since I was 10 years old I actually went to this um this kind of trade fair and there was a woman who sat me down and told me to try autocue reading and I tried it and she was like oh you're fabulous you know and <laughs> that kind of planted that seed and so I think it's really important for young kids to to try different things and to to be exposed to different careers because you know it started for for me for you know just one person um giving me a go at their job basically um but yeah I I sort of wish I suppose that I'd I'd T- cared a little bit less and, and, and not been, so, not taken everything so personally. Like mm. we're, we're much luckier now. It's, it's easy for me to say now, because now you can be yourself and it's all about authenticity and being yourself. But at the time it was like, oh, you have to read the news and you've got to be more like this woman, you know, and, and my boss would actually show me clips of, you know, see the way she looks up and the way she smiles and the way she looks relaxed. And, mm. you know, and I listened to that because he was my boss, but now it's all about being yourself and i wish i'd i wish i'd been a bit more confident back then to say mm. i don't want to be this you know archetypal presenter i want to be myself and yeah. i think that then that my own personality would have shown through. And it's only now, I think, I mean, crikey, I'm in my mid-40s, and it's only now that I can actually truly be myself. And and I think I come across much better on air because people know Mm -hmm. that I'm just speaking from the heart and I'm not trying to be anything else. Um, Mm -hmm. I did did an amazing interview with a woman, actually, Abby Wambach, who's an incredible, she's an ex-footballer, but she's an activist and a speaker as well. And she talked about having your insides match your outsides. And I think it's a really powerful phrase. And, you know, she's, she's an interesting character because she's gay and she's very, um, she has an unconventional sense of beauty. She described it herself, you know, she's quite masculine, short cropped hair, peroxide hair. And she said that throughout her whole life, she tried to kind of blend in. Um, by having long hair and looking really girly and wearing dresses and things when she was younger and she just said her insides never matched her outsides and she just felt like she needed the need to sort of calibrate Um, and as soon as she had those two things matching suddenly she felt like she could be herself and she felt so much more confident and I think that's a brilliant tip for anyone like always make sure that your insides match your outsides because then people get Mm. to see the real you and you don't feel like you're pretending so I think that's, that's massive
1: so Alison, you're a super busy lady, you've got two kids, you're a sports broadcaster, you run your own podcast, you've just written a book. How do you juggle it all? It's a question that you know women are asking all the time. Have you got any, any thoughts, any tips, any, any suggestions to share with us? How do you, how do you, you know, balance your work and life?
2: So the truth is, I don't have a very good work-life balance. And um, I'll be honest about that. I work too hard, but at least I've chosen a job that I love so much. So actually it it becomes my leisure. So I'd always Mm. say, you know, you've heard the classic, you know, choose a job you love and you don't have to work a day in your life but it's true and so you know if for example there'd be weeks and weeks where I haven't been able to see my friends and go out or I haven't seen much of my husband like at least I have had a fulfilling and exciting job that that you know gets me excited mm-hmm. like you know I was at the, I was at Old Trafford the other day in Manchester and Cristiano Ronaldo was meeting Tom Brady two of the greatest sportsmen of our time and I was there filming it and it got like 3 million views on TikTok when I put it. And everyone's like, wow, you have the best job in the world. But the truth of the matter is I li- I missed my last train home because of it. I wandered the streets of Manchester. I checked into 10 different hotels trying to find a place. And I was rushed off my feet. I didn't see my kids that weekend. So that is what success looks like, right? And it's, mm. it's like, is that a work-life balance. No, it's not. But yes, it was an amazing experience. So I think, you know, I think that there's this big thing that, um, especially women, you look at people on social media and you see this perfect life and people wake up at 6 a.m. and they work out and they have their green juice and they do all this business. And and like, Seriously, I think that people are trying to judge themselves far too harshly over one day as well. So one of my big tips is I never judge myself over a day. Because some days I can be like really, really good um, in my job, but an absolute lousy mother, unfortunately. But then the next day I'll be a brilliant mum, but maybe step away a bit from my work. And so I always try and think over the course of a week, then I, if I judge myself over the course of that week, I mean, I don't judge myself, but you know what I'm saying? You kind of think, okay, this week I did a bit of exercise. I did some great stuff with my kids. I, you know, I was able to spend time with my husband and I did a good job. But if I try and do that every day, I'll be exhausted yeah. and I'll be depressed and I'll be hard on myself. So never, ever look at yourself in a 24-hour period. <laughs>
1: Well, I love that and I love your tip around dropping the comparisons and also finding a job you love so then you, it all feels worth it, right, if you really enjoy what you're doing. Well, look, thank you so much, Alison, for being on the show. And you mentioned TikTok there and obviously you're huge on social media and you've got a huge amount of Instagram followers and all that sort of thing. So tell our listeners where they can find out more about you and obviously your podcast as well.
2: Yeah, so I'm I'm the same name on all my social media. So on Twitter, on Instagram and on TikTok, I'm at AlibenderTV. Um, yep. And I try and, you know, keep posting daily basically. So TikTok is very much sounds and fun stuff. Um, and Instagram's a little bit more about my life. And I sometimes put a bit of my kids in there as well. Although my husband doesn't like me to, to show their faces. So I kind of I try and show <laughs> that, that you know, I am a mum and this is what I'm doing, but without actually getting them in vision kind of thing. Um, and yeah, my podcast is called Talent Takes Time. And it's all about putting in the hard graft and, and believing in the longevity Um, You can get that wherever you get all your podcasts. And I'm working on my own book, actually. So I did a chapter in a book called Football She Wrote, but I'm actually currently working on my own book. And congratulations on yours. I can't wait to read it. thank
1: you. Thank you, Um, Alison.
2: I know how hard it is because I have edited and re-edited and I've gone through the, oh my gosh, I'm so paranoid that no one's going to like this book. But in the end, I just know there's a lot of people out there that that could benefit from a lot of the experience I've had working my way up um, into the job that I've always wanted and that's what I'm trying to give back in this book um, it's still untitled I've toyed with about a thousand titles um, um, but as soon as I have it I'll put it all out on my social media um, but yeah I can't wait um can't wait to publish it because it, it, I bet it feels nice to say now that you are a, a published author right
1: yeah it feels really nice but it was super hard work as you as you know so um well. Well, look, I would love to help promote all of that for you. So thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm going to add in all your sort of links to social media so people can connect with you and watch your podcast and stay in touch so they can buy your book when it's released. Um, But just thank you so much for all the great work that you do and you're so pro-supporting and empowering other women. So um, thank you so much for being on the show, Alison, and I really look forward to staying in touch.
2: Oh, thanks, Shona. great chatting to you. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Psychology of Successful Women podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button or go to psychologyofsuccessfulwomen.com to download our free ebook and access a bunch of other resources. See you on the next episode.